Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Bowlology Report. I'm Damien Fleming and, well... The Aussies, they're two up in this Ashes series. And good old Nath Lyon, I reckon he's just loosening up the vocal cords to sing a no-doubt passionate version of Underneath the Southern Cross I Stand at the Wacker because it might be the last Ashes Test match ever played there. And for England, well, it's a circus on and off the field. Ben Duckett, who on the first night the curfew was lifted, must have had too many glasses of loudmouth soup and... Um, because he isn't even actually in the Ashes squad, and I believe he might be over here as James Anderson's net batsman. Well, he threw a drink all over the veteran and English legend Jimmy Anderson. And, you know, what about respect for your elders, Ben? You know, Booney drank 52 cans from Melbourne to London, and you're throwing them away. Of course, about five seconds after that story break, we got the first on social media. Why didn't Jimmy just duck it? Yeah, very well well played there. Well, Jimmy's had plenty of practice ducking in this Ashes series because it's been a bit of a bounce-a-thon to the English tail. But um, I reckon England should actually pick Ben Duckett just before the end of the series and make him face the fast bowling cartel, Hazelwood, Stark and Cummins, with the new ball because um, I reckon he'd be pretty much doing what his name is for the whole innings. Now, with Bradley Hodge off to the Melbourne Renegades duties, I'm joined today by a man who was shocked to hear an Englishman waste a half of beer by throwing it at one of his teammates. He took 212 test wickets. He hit 56 and smashed 60 test helmets, a record with his fast, short pitch deliveries. Of course, I'm talking about Mervyn Swerven Hughes. Merv, how are you, buddy? Biologist, how are you, mate? Very good. Hey, people might not know this, but we actually roomed together yes. in Victoria for many a year. Yeah. What was your first thoughts of a skinny, big-nosed, 63-kilo, mulleted oh. Springvale teenager when you got him as a roommate? Oh, I just thought, what a bogan. And uh, then you listen to his music likes, and I just thought, dead set bogan. Um, but, yeah, from years ago, geez, eight... Well, it was a 10 years difference in our age. Um, you came in as a, an 18 year old, not a 17 year old into the squad. And, um, I remember picking you up on Brunton Avenue on the way to the MCG. And then when we traveled, we roomed together. And the, yeah, you the said, grief, but you the said grief picked me up. You the, used to stop. You'd peak out traffic. And then as I got close to the door, you, you drove off. Why, oh, why did you do that? Well, the peak out traffic, I was a little bit nervous about traffic, <laughs> but, but rooming together, Flam, um, uh, it was good fun. Uh, and I, I can't believe that you would take the piss out of a senior player as often as you did. 
I, th- I find that, I can't remember that. Maybe it was the mullet that was deafening <laughs> those ears. Hey, quickly, and we're going to go through the review the second test, yes. preview the third test. Your thoughts of the Ashes series so far? Oh, I think it's about standard, isn't it? It's uh, At the start of the contest, I thought 50-50. Um, and when it's a 50-50 lock-in, you, you tend to go towards a home team. Um, England have had their problems. Um, Stephen Finn went home injured. Um, obviously Ben Stokes hasn't come out. They've had internal problems along the way and, and they seem to com- compound when you're not doing well. Um, I, you, you feel, I actually feel for England. They've won the toss in both, uh, first and second test match and lost the game. So when Australia win the toss and have it their way, Trouble. I think England are, are in a, a world, world of hurt. Hey mate, you won a lot of Ashes series. Do you have a favourite one? Was 1989 the favourite one? You had 1991 out here in Australia, yeah. 93 in England, where you, you basically got us over the line with one knee. I mean, they're all unique in their own ways. Yeah, um, I think 89 was special because no one expected us to win. Um, and we had, from within the group, um, from 85, the Rebel Tour, we lost all those senior players. Um, struggled through under Border and, and, and Simo, and they had a real sort of plan in place that we were just going to get stronger. And from within, we could see light at the end of the tunnel, and I suppose everything came together in 89. We had Trevor Holmes back in the side, and Terry Alderman, um, obviously important players back from there. Flipper South and a South Africa. Yeah, well, a flipper and a swinger. Yes, so um, very important players in, in England and, and senior players that have played there before, um, and went over there, the worst team, and just as a group, uh, performed really well. So Jeff Lawson, Terry Alderman, can't thank them enough for the the education I got under them on that tour. And, and what that, was your role? You looked like the enforcer at first. Um, yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, so Lawson and Alderman um, do all the hard work, and then I, my job was to come in and obviously take wickets, but also unsettle the batsmen. Um, and I think if you have a look at the Australian sides over the duration, they've, they've picked their best bowlers and three best bowlers, and they're most intimidating. And with the, the current Australian team, um, Pat Cummings, well, he's, he's both an enforcer and he's one of our best bowlers, so there's, there's really no debate over it. But, and um, they have fine batsmen as well. So you yeah, got a test he goes all right. No, not, not yet. I don't think he's got a hat-trick either, but yeah. that's oh, for well. another time, don't you? Yes, that's not a, we don't have a hat-tricks <laughs> no, test no. 70s. This is not a no. meeting, is no, it? No, it's not a reunion. No. Where's Warney? Uh, he's not, never rolls up. Hey, mate, what about your Ashes battles against individuals? Robin uh, Smith. Uh, when I say those two words, what does it mean to you? Um, it brings a smile to my face because he was, <laughs> he was very combative. Um, as a batsman, he didn't take a backward step. So we used to lock horns, but uh, always had one over him. Um, if I was batting and he was getting into me, I'd, I'd just sort of look at him but say to my <laughs> batting partner, remember when the Ashes used to be played between Australia and England? What are you doing here, Robin? That normally just shut him up or he'd, he'd just keep going, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and probably of Robin Smith, I can say, and Michael Atherton for that matter, uh, the two blokes that I, I went hardest at on the ground are probably two blokes that I get on best with off the ground. Well, I mean, I would have thought you and Michael Atherton at a, um, you know, he was, he was Oxford, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, you, yeah very similar backgrounds. Were tech? I, I thought you'd, you'd be high able to, What do you yeah. sort of discuss? Um, uh, not much. Oscar Wilde and yeah. all that sort of stuff? Yeah, no, we, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's, um, level, his level of conversation <laughs> is a lot higher than mine. And like, he, he uses two and three syllable words for him. <laughs> I, mean, I can't keep up with that. <laughs> hey, lastly, a, a very talented man and who is coaching our batsman at the moment, Graham Hickey. Yes. I yeah. always remember the memories how hard you went at Hickey. Did yeah. you feel like he was a threat 
with his batting skill, and they just thought if he could just un, um, settle no. him a little bit, uh, no. it would be a win for the team. Yeah, I think uh, people say you go harder people because you don't respect them. If, if you don't respect them or you're not worried about them... You don't <laughs> say a word. You don't say a word. You don't go hard at them. And, and I've Hickey, he was a probably victim of circumstance. Um, when we got over to England in 93, he was going to be the saviour. And the English press were comparing him to Sir Donald Bradman because of the hundred hundreds. And we got, I remember get, getting together as a bowling group and saying, this bloke's done nothing. I mean, and virtually... At that level. Vir- yeah. Virtually he'd done, he'd done uh, like, for us it was an insult, him being compared to Sir Donald Bradman, but it wasn't him doing it. No. He wore the brunt of it. Yeah. So he's, a, he's an exceptional player, um, but we saw him as a threat. And we just we just went hard. We just went very very hard. I mean, even but when, just, but even when we played for Victoria, oh, geez, Queensland, you, you just go like we got yeah. him out. We lost in three days. We got him out twice. He didn't make ten for the game, I don't think. And we we're sitting there celebrating because Graham Hick, but Graham Hick didn't make any runs. But but you got beaten in three days. Don't care. Don't Graham care. Hick didn't make any runs. And I reckon who got him out in the second inning? Jamie Siddons. Jamie Siddons. There. Who bowled with a Jeff Thompson like action. action. And nowhere near as quick, no but similar quick. action. Um, um, similar uh, mentality yeah. from Jamie, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, so there's a little bit of trivia on yes. the Bowler report. Yes. Jamie Siddons wants to dismiss Graham Hick in his Shield debut, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, what about curfews? Were you Cur- a fan in your day? Um, Were you a self imposed curfew guy well, that you wouldn't get home before midnight? <laughs> Um, depends whether we're batting or bowling, how, how late the curfew <laughs> was. But I reckon um, Simo, Simo and AB and Simo as coach never brought in a curfew. All he used to say, and he used to say it time and time again, was before midnight's your time, after midnight's cricket yep. time. Yep. So basically there's no curfew, but if you want to give yourself the best chance, look after yourself. Yep. And so even a bit now, of common sense uh, a lot well. of common sense. And, you, you can't give grown men curfews because I reckon if if someone gave me a curfew, you look for ways to break it. But if someone um, suggests to you that you might do yourself no harm at all if you Still look after you yourself, leeway for yes, self control. Yes, okay, yeah, I like it. Yeah. But Simo was fantastic, and AB as, as captain, um, they brought in a, a no drinking policy. So uh, one year they had success in a, in a World Cup with no yes, drinking. That's right. So they brought in a thing in a, in a test series one time, um, no drinking after you leave the ground. So we, um, Craig McDermott um, bowled 47 overs against New Zealand in Adelaide. Um, Bruce Reed broke down. I fielded for two and a half days. Uh, we bowled him out into the second day. At the end of the second day's play, and this is how you break curfews, we caught up with the boys at dinner, and we caught up with them about half past 11, and we're smashed. And AB's, what, what's going on with you boys? You know the rules. Uh, yeah. No drinking after you left the ground. That's right. We just left the ground. <laughs> so we stayed at the ground until 11 o'clock. So yeah, there's, there's a way. There. There's, and, there's a way yeah, around yeah, the yeah. curfew. So we didn't break the curfew. And AB acknowledged the That's right. Yeah. Fast bowling cartel. Oh, too smart. Wait, too smart. Actually, talking about the fast bowling cartel, yes. how impressed were you in the second test match in Adelaide? When the game was there to be won on day five, yep. seriously, Josh Hazelwood's first ball, right? Yeah. It, it, it was like the opening chords of a Metallica concert. Around. Just, <laughs> well, who's how, Metallica? What? Yeah, well, they're, at, uh, they're at the hard metal, heavy metal, yeah, thrash yeah. metal so, band in the well, US. What so we and Fleetwood Fle- yeah. Mac and Aussie Crawl. We never really thing. bonded over no, music, did no. we? So we, you're going to have to use another... It was like when I, 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 I played your faith no more for the first yeah, time and you went, what is how old this? are you? Yeah. And I said, 19. You Ten were 29. Years is a long time. 
I thought to myself, and I, I think I said it out loud. But yeah, on the but, but just that impact. It yes, hit, it hit Wokes's bat so hard. Yeah. I reckon it just sent a statement yeah. around the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, that, what the Australian team um, as a whole is doing, the bowls in particular, is that they stand up when they need to. And uh, I think it was the, the third night when England got to the crease in Brisbane and Hazelwood picked up those two wickets. Oh, yeah. You just thought, how impressive was that spell? And then roll it forward to the fifth day of, of Adelaide. And that first spell, I'm thinking, well, if, if England get through to the new ball without loss and get through the first 10 overs oh, of the yeah, new ball, they're in the game. They're in the game. And particularly and, Joe Root's story. Yeah, and, yeah. and Hazelwood's just gone bang, bang, knocked those two over. Um, Nathan Lyon just chips in. He's, he's doing a fantastic job, and he's probably the undersung hero in the side because he, he just goes from strength to oh, strength. I've never seen him bowl better. Stark gets a new ball. Gets well, a I, think for, and Craig all over. I think Craig Overton's front pad appealed. <laughs> That's how plum he yeah. was. But yeah, yeah. The, the boys are just doing what they need to do when they need to do it. And in, in crucial times in the game, the bowlers are, are doing their job, and particularly Hazelwood, who's, who's very impressive. And he's probably... Um, like Lyon, he, he's probably undersung a little bit. Yep. There's more emphasis on what Stark and what Cummings do, but um, don't it underestimate... Like who are happy to, uh, happy to yeah. play that role, though. Don't underestimate the impact that um, Hazelwood has. And just to simplify things, and cricket's a simple game, yep. so Australia has scored two hundreds, one in each test. Yep. Smith at Brisbane, Shaw yep. Marsh, excellent in Adelaide, and we're 2-0 up. they both got man of the match. Yes. Um, to simplify it, England have not gone on to make the most of their starts. Yeah. and But the blueprint is, you know Smith and Marsh's hundreds, they, they were tough, weren't they? They oh. were mentally tested. Mate. Some of the tactics was yes. hard to get through. But um, so, in this series, right. I think you're going to have to bat like that to, yeah. to get a hundred. So, and it was, it, was a, it was a tough, it wasn't a tough batting wicket, it was a tough scoring wicket in yeah. in Brisbane. And Smith just, like, I reckon Root and the English team, they threw about, Four or five different plans. They, they bounced him. They bowled wide outside off stump. They're trying to frustrate him into a, a bad shot, and he no. just got through all that. Got a hundred. Um, then they get him for forty. They're so excited. Marsh comes out and makes a hundred in, in Adelaide. And, and I must admit, I, I didn't think Marsh was was going to be a part of this this series at the start. I thought Bancroft. If they had to pick the six batsmen, sheer way to runs. I, I didn't see him dropping Ranshaw, but. Um, what the selectors have done has been fantastic. With Tim Payne, with Sean Marsh, they've gone for experienced blokes. They know under the pump uh, are not going to wilt. And, and certainly of Tim Payne, he's been magnificent oh, with the gloves. And How well that, did he bat in that yeah, But and the other thing was, um, with Marsh, he got that very important 50 in, in Brisbane and then he backed it up with 100. So you, you sit back and you say to the selectors, well done, great, great selection. I wish he could bowl. <laughs> I wish Sean can bowl. Sean and Jeff Marsh are yeah. two of the worst bowlers yes. I've ever seen. Well, in the Sean, Sean is... Um, Jeff's horrible. Yeah, Sean's a lot better than, than yeah. Jeff. Yeah. But we'll talk about Mitchell Marsh yes. in a moment, I yeah. reckon. Uh, what about the Perth preview? The last Test match, or last Ashes Test match at the Wacker. Um, yeah. Firstly, memories of the Wacker for you. You know, oh. you took 13 wickets against and a hatch against yeah. West Indies. We had shield wins there. We'll go through. But yeah. what about just bowling there for the first time? Um, bowl, bowling there. And, and the dynamics of, of the Wacker have changed. When, when I played and when I started playing, it was hard. It was fast. It was bouncy. And, and a lot of blokes used to go over and bowl, bowl a bit short. Um, and you learn very early on, if you bowl short there, um, you, you don't hit the stumps. And if you're getting past batsmen and you're going, and I've always said this, 
And I, I think it was Ian Cullen that, that told me early, like if, if you're bowling and getting through a batsman that's going six inches over the stumps, means you're bowling six inches too short. Oh. And, and that's as simple as it is. And on any wicket you bowl, the ideal length is the ball hitting the top of off stump. So at the wacker, you could bowl a bit fuller because of the bounce. And you try and push the batsman back and then bowl that little bit fuller. But you you still got to hit the stumps. And a lot of people over there, because of the bounce, tend to bowl back of a length. And, and when they get through find, a batsman, they miss the Yeah, and, you, miss and, the, the, stumps. and the fielders go, yeah. oh, like yeah. that sort of stuff. But my, my one was also how good Jeff Marsh, Michael Boyd, oh. were at letting the yes. ball on length. Yes. Yeah, so you bowl a ball and you think it's, uh, and they just let it go. Just and you're sort go. of looking at it thinking, how the hell are they doing that? But um, the, the guys from WA, and it, all, all the characteristics of the, the wickets have changed. So the guys from Sydney used to be very good against spin, and the, the dynamics of that track's changed. Now, the dynamics of the Gabba track has changed because it, it used to be green, seam around on the first day, get better second and, and third day to, to actually bowl And a good batting track, yeah. yeah. And, and be a very good batting track. So... Um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to put your finger on um, the the wickets these days. But Perth, you know that our bowlers are a bit faster, they're a bit taller, they're going to get more bounce. Um, so the English batsmen. I are just have hope a there's a little bit of traditional bounce and pace. Yes. In this wacker pitch, the That'd last be nice. Ashes That'd be nice. wacker pitch. Yeah. What about the wacker for yourself? Uh, test match, probably a highlight. Thirteen wickets against the West Indies, including a hat trick. Yeah, Were you disappointed you didn't bat? Um, no, no, no. I did bat in the. In what the happened to the batsman inning. just before um, you? Jeff Lawson got hit. Uh, I was waiting to bat, batting number eleven in this particular Test match for one good reason. Uh, Mike Whitney wasn't playing. <laughs> um, sitting there, Jeff Lawson got hit. Alan Border stood up, looked at me, and said, "I think we'll declare." I thought, "I love my captain." <laughs> What a fantastic bloke. And people ask me why I kept licking his ear. I truly believe he saved my life that day. And I, and I thought he had compassion for me, but he just looked at me and just the astute thinker that made him a fantastic captain. He said, no, Murph, we better declare we can't afford to be two bowlers short in the second innings. <laughs> that, that is awesome for me. Um, what about Shield history at the Wacker? I remember we played him a uh, Shield win in 1991. I think it was your first Sheffield Shield yeah. win there in 10 years, you and Dino and oh. Gary Watts. And I remember it was the pitch, the cracks were that big. Jeff yeah. Marsh put his bat in the crack and it stayed there. Yeah, at, at drinks on the last day, looked around, Jeff Marsh had put his bat and it was just standing up in the middle of the wicket. Um, and they, they got pretty close. They, they got yeah, to close game. within 28. Off the back of Tom Moody, I reckon, batted well. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'd played there in all forms of cricket. So, one-day cricket for Victoria, Sheffield Shield cricket and for Victoria. And never won a game. Never won a oh. game in 10 years. So, for me, it was uh, TBY. 10 bloody years. Yeah, it was. And I, I think, I think we got about for 16 wickets between us, too, the roommates. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you might have got about 12. No, I think you got six in the... I think I got oh. eight overall. Right. You got eight overall. Um, why did you all always used to bounce Ken McClay? He seemed a lovely guy. Yeah, nice no. and loud. He's... You always bounced him, even in one day you know, games. You know when you just see someone that you don't like? Yeah. Like, it was just an instant dislike. And um, one of my... Did he ever ask you about it? Yeah, I, I got to know him. Because he knew it was coming. Yeah, I, I got to know him later on, and he's, he's a good bloke. He's yeah. a good fella. So um, this is a lesson to all young bowlers. Um, hate the opposition and never get to meet them because when you meet them, they shatter the illusion because normally they're good fellas. I like it. And what about the next year? We backed up. You'd won none in 10 years. We and won two and two, 91-92. Yes. This one I remember, 
day three, we don't think we can win. So we go out and have a few beers at a nightclub called Gobbles, I believe. Yeah. And the highlight or the low low night was a, a nightclub singer called Fairly Arrow, Fairly who was Arrow. famous because she... She was kidnapped. her own disappearance. She and was... then a week later, she was on the news saying that it didn't, she didn't do no. But she was there as the celebrity um, for that night. Didn't yeah, that? fairly arrow, fairly bloody ordinary, my, my, my saying was. And I reckon if she hadn't been kidnapped, they would have thrown her a guitar. And when she started singing, they would have thrown her out of the car anyway. That was like, she I was no remember, good. I she was no good. Fairly, arrow, fairly ordinary. And you kept saying it louder and louder as you got closer to yeah. it. And then I remember looking around. You'd said it for about the sixth time. She kept hearing it. And then she made her second um, control disappearance <laughs> for the week. She got out of there, gobbles. She did. Made That's good. Mervyn Hughes' history at the Wacker. <laughs> Merv, now this is Hodgie's category. This is yes. the one where he just nails anyone self-promoting yes. on, on social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I know you're on all those. Well, a couple of those things. A couple of those. Um, I need you to give the votes, though. But first yep. one up, um, Michael Clark. He's he's in it every week. Um, he blatantly just takes us on. And generally, it's got to do with um, weights. Yep. And generally, it's got to do with lower body weights, but he's doing it again. He's working on the triceps. There's just a little bit of a photo in the gym. Got to do this before I go out and have a bit of a party. So yeah. I, I have to give um, at least one oh, vote to yeah. Michael Clark. Yeah, listen, I've Michael Clark. Were you Clark. a lower body sort of weight man? No, no. I, I used to, my lower body used to look after itself because it used to carry my, my top half around. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, listen, oh, oh, Clark, great that you're in the gym, great that you're fit, but we don't need, don't need to hear about your fitness regime or your diet. No, so votes yeah. again for Pup. Uh, one of my fellow BT commentary, Graham Swan. Yeah, great Swanee's always on there. Don't have, to tell me, don't have to tell me about him. What Self-promoter, just give him votes. Okay, I will be. Yeah. So thanks to at Emirates, yeah. right? He's obviously in business yeah. class. Oh. First class. Service. First class. Then he goes a bit of humour. Yeah. Watch kid films all the way. Yeah. So give him a tick for the for getting a bit of humour in there, but also when you put yes. at Emirates, we know oh, that that's yes. a freebie. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah. votes for him. And Gilly, Gilly didn't Gilly. Gilly Instagrammed just him in a jag, just put at jag adjusting the radio. Didn't yeah. even put a comment there. Yeah. Well that's Gilly, everyone knows Gilly. You'd expect him to drive a honky dory car, wouldn't you? But it's almost self self promotion, oh, well, arrogance. What do you mean? That, that I don't mean, even have oh, to yeah, acknowledge right. this. Yes, know, with a comment, it's yeah, Jag. It's 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 Gilly and Jag. And I'm Gilly. Yeah. Well, that's just falls into place, doesn't it? Maximum votes, though, for one of our mates, the fast bowling cartel, Brett Lee. Yes. Brett's um, his one's on Instagram, and he goes an incredible few days away at the Snowy Mountains trout fishing with some mates. I'm glad he said he was he was fishing because he's yeah. holding fish or yeah. trout there. Uh, we managed to get a few around here. I'd like to thank at Toyota for the car service and also um, catching my trout with at Rapala Australia Lures. Rapala, Rapala, and they, they are fantastic lures. At Costa sunglasses. So boom, not one. Yeah. Boom, not two. Car, two, three. Boom, hat trick. He's got a hat trick. Has he got a test 70? He's in the club. He, has he got a test 70? 
I'll have to check that up. Is he in our hat trick? Well, he's got a hat trick now. So, yeah. are you comfortable? Oh, I'm going to give him four votes. Yeah, four votes. Yeah, well, three bangers. There's only one hat. You can only have one hat when you're self-promoting. But yes. three hats. That's four votes. That's gone. All right. That's our self-promoter award. Swerve, I went out to social media yes. saying that the big fellas on, Big Mervyn Hughes, any questions, got a fair few. Robert Amore has asked, who's the best captain you played under? At test level? At test level. Uh, I can tell you who the worst was. Alan Border. The worst? Uh, yeah, and I can Why? Tell, you, tell you who the best was. Alan Border only, only played under one captain in <laughs> test cricket. Um, and well, well, Alan, Alan Border was fantastic. He was he was a very strong leader. Um, if, you, if you stepped out of line or... Or you didn't do something. If you got a blast, you deserved it. But um, as a captain, he was very much a player's man. Yeah. Um, looked after a, a young, inexperienced team um, when we weren't going well. And I, I think um, to a man, the Australian players just had a lot of faith in him, a lot of respect and a lot of belief. And he wasn't a bad player himself. Swerven, talking about that, the next question from Robert was, what was it like being 12th man when Greg Matthews was batting? Nightmare. Nightmare, nightmare, and yep. didn't say nightmare. There's nothing good about it. Another hundred times. Um, left glove, right glove, um, left inner, right inner. Didn't you take um, out his whole yeah. kit one day in Sydney? So in Sydney, just got jack of it, took out his whole kit bag, <laughs> and threw it down, and said, "Mate, take what you want." <laughs> All right, that's enough for Mo. Um, this one's an interesting one. At Daz Gunners asked, "Who is the best state quick that you saw never play Test match cricket?" Um, Pretty good question, that to be honest. Um, probably Dennis Hickey, uh, I would have yeah. thought. Um, How fast was he earlier? Oh, he was extremely quick. Hick the quick. Um, he, uh, he, he probably he had a lot of injury troubles, um, yeah. and I, I played a lot with him. And one game I can remember in Adelaide where I was standing at mid on. If a catch had to come to me, I, I wouldn't have caught it because I was watching him go past the umpire um, with he his was a good athlete, with his he? feet at hip, hip yeah. high and bowling on a dead. Adelaide fourth day wicket and just getting him through like you wouldn't believe. So he owns yeah, half Tennessee. the world now, doesn't he? He does. Yes, He's he in does. New York, well, isn't he? Three quarters. Three quarters, three quarters of New York. Yes. Yeah. Well done, three quarters Rich. of the world. What about this? Might be even tougher. Best club quick not to play state cricket. Um, good question. Um, I played a lot with a bloke by the name of um, Daryl Clemson at Footscray. Yeah. Um, and he he was very good, but I suppose the. You know, there's, there's quicks that, that didn't play through injury and, and whatever. Um, and because, like, while I played 20-odd years for, for Footscray, I wasn't there a whole lot. So um, most of the guys that I can remember went on to play state cricket, but Daryl Clemson didn't and certainly was a, a very good bowler for us. No, I remember Clemo. Uh, Rob Thomas says, Merv, what was your pre-match diet? Uh, Rob, thank you very much for asking this. People won't believe this, but uh, pizza and beer. Yeah, and it worked yeah. well. 212 yeah. test yeah. wickets. We had, a, go, Rob. we had a dietitian ask us one time what we had the night before the game, and I said a pizza, and she said that's good. If it's thin and crispy, <laughs> if it's vegetarian, <laughs> if it's non-fatty, what sort of pizza do you have? Yeah, uh, deep pan, um, meat lovers with uh, the cheese crust. Yes. What size do you have, she asked. I said family size, and she said how many slices would you normally have? And I said that depends. And she said, depends on what? Depends on how many slices they cut it into. <laughs> and always had a Diet Coke, Flint. 
to make it look good. We didn't see that lady again, did nah, we? That is actually nah. a true story. Yeah. And Matt Ellis, strategies for taking a split hat trick because yours was over three overs over two innings. Yes. What was the key? Um, not knowing not, that you were on a hat trick. Not, not knowing help. Um, Jeff Lawson being hit. So um, wicket with the last ball of one over in the first innings. Tim May bowled an over, got a wicket. I bowled the next over, got a wicket first ball. Day and a half later, Jeff Lawson gets hit. So there was a bit of emotion around. Um, we got out in the ground. There was five overs to bowl. Um, I was going to bowl three of them. So we we're pretty well pumped up. And, and not knowing, and the situation of the game is one of your players has been hit, yeah. um, you just go out there fired up and you only got five overs to bowl. So to get a wicket first ball, may have gone a little bit over the top. Is that what Flair? you said when you ran past him going, Gordon, yeah, I'd go upstairs, Gordon, but unfortunately no. he says, there's no DRS yeah, in 1988. Was, no, no, that wasn't the conversation we had. No. It was pretty one-way traffic and uh, look back at that. You want if you have, check check it out on Google. It's the greatest send off of all time. Yeah, we'll look back on that and, and maybe I, I overstepped the mark. We'll look forward to next week's <laughs> social media question answers answers with Gordon Greenwich. <laughs> hey Swerve, what about the third test coming up here? Aussie number six. That's where all the conjecture is. Um, are you a fan of just going with the same team so Peter Hanscom plays? Or does Mitchell Marsh play because of the concerns with the pitch? Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting call. I think um, from the Australian selectors' point of view, they've got they've got a, an option. Um, so it's not just listen, we've got this and this is all we've got. There, Mitch Marsh has been in ripping form in, in Sheffield Shield, but I'm I'm a little bit old school. Um, and while I think yes, the bowlers need a bowling option in the top six because of their workload, I always believe that you don't change a winning formula. And the Australian team at the moment, 2-0 up, playing very good cricket. Petty Hanskin hasn't been the worst in his position. No. Usman Khawaja, possibly the other one under scrutiny. But um, it seems that there's a push for Pete Hanscom to be dropped. And that means that Sean Marsh has got to move up from 6 to 5. Where he's been going recently. Well, six, 6 has yep. he's been, been magnificent. So... To me, I wouldn't disrupt it, but I'm not a selector, Flem. I got you sacked. Were. You were. I got it. sacked. You got sacked. I got sacked. Did, who sacked you? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, okay. Australia. Okay, that's good. Cool. I've moved on. I don't hold a grudge. But it's just hard. Like, we're going yeah. to replace a man averaging 47 Seven. player yeah, averaging exactly. 21. And, yeah. and my worry with Mitch is obviously his previous test form, but also he hasn't bowled a lot. Like, when he's no. fit, his bowling yes. is outstanding the at other, test level. The other thing, he needs to average at least 35. Yeah. The other thing we've got to take into account too is that the bowlers haven't really had a, a heavy workload. Um, Pat Cummings been off for an um, extended amount of time. Hazelwood and Stark both came home from the all Stark didn't go, but Hazelwood came home early with an injury. So it's not as though they've been running to the ground. And for for mine, I'd like to to see the Australian team put it to bed before they they start playing with the team. So I, I just think the way it's going, it's been uh, very well. Hanscom made a, a pretty important thirty-seven in that that uh, Adelaide Test match. From yeah, Henry. it's not as if he's making no. three low scores. No. They're just being yeah. the longer he's batted, it's looks yeah. uglier. But yeah. you know, and he's he needs to work away. He just doesn't look like he can score consistently against them. But he is averaging forty-seven. It's yes. a tough call, isn't it? It's a it's a tough call, but. Um, having said that, I didn't think they'd drop Renshaw. They dropped Renshaw. I, you know, Tim Payne wasn't in my reckoning for the, the first test side when he's not 
when he's not um, keeping for his state. Sean Marsh was was well back. I thought they might have gone for someone like a, a Maxwell or Hilton Cartwright for that bowling option, but they've shown that um, at this point in time they don't need that bowling option and the bowlers seem to be thriving on the workload, so yeah. I, I wouldn't change that dynamic. Okay, what about England? Where can they improve? I'm at the positive. Do they oh, say off, we bowled them out for 138 in the second innings? Off-field. 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 Really off um, no, listen, of England. You know, can they get 20 wickets consistently in Australia? Yeah, well, that's that's a question. They, they've got two world-class bowlers. Um, they've got a bloke that has a go that really isn't up to it. Um, in Wakes, they've got a two. They've tried two young blokes. Yeah. Now, Ball to me in Brisbane... Looked like he was a young man playing a, or a boy playing a man's yeah. game. He looked out of his league, but at 21, he's going to have a huge future. I wouldn't look more comfortable in, in Adelaide and, and he looked a good. He looks so very competitive. Yes. I, I think he's limited. Yeah. But, but, but he's he competitive. He had a go. He actually bowled pretty well. And the, well. the thing, the thing about the English team is, and the difference between the England team and the Australian team, when something needs to be done, the Australian team does it. Yeah. When something needs to be done for England, that's where they fall down. And that's a combination of the, the Australian players realising this is crunch time and putting in that effort. So um, you go to the fourth innings at, at Brisbane, 170. I was just thinking that's a tricky chase. That Warner and Bancroft just put it to bed. None for. They win by 10 wickets. Um, we get to that last day in Adelaide and, you know, all the talk was if Joe Root can get to the new ball and, yes. and maybe, one maybe get one yeah. partnership, England are right in the hunt. And they weren't capable of it because the Australian players, whether it's with bat or ball, they understand the, the real meaningful stages of the games yeah. and that's the where, that's where they stand up. Well, talking about that, they need a pl- their left handers need a plan to, to Nathan Lyon. Yes. They? Bigger. I mean, he reminds me so much of Bill Murray's Caddyshack character, Carl Spackler, doesn't he? <laughs> like, he looks like him, but he also, they're both former groundskeepers, yes. aren't they? Yes. But, yes. um, and it is a bit of a Cinderella story. It you know, is. He's a curator to now yes. that the off-spin has taken the most who wickets. Who? Well, you know no, it's your... Darren Berry was Darren coaching Barry South Australia. Coached South Australia. He said, I want that boy. I want him. But Dragged him across to South Australia. To keep on the Bill Murray theme, yes. it's Groundhog Day. It is. He's got Moe and Ellie four times. He's got Cook out. Yeah. He batted okay, Cook, against the Quicks. Got out yeah. twice to him in Adelaide. And Stoneman or Milan, they don't look like they've got a scoring plan yeah. against him. But he's, so how he, big's that? You just know you can bring him on to the left-handers. Oh, it's a great option to have, and that's that's another point of England's side is that they don't have a quality spin bowler. Um, they've got Mo and Ali that, that's been filling a gap, and when they've had Ben Stokes in the side, he hasn't been highlighted as much how much they need a uh, an operating spin bowler. And um, for mine, he's just, he's just a holder, and yep. the other three get the wickets. Now he has to take wickets. He doesn't seem capable of it. What about your big on milestones, Alistair Cook, 150th yeah, test. Huge, huge how test. would you celebrate it by um, bowling to him in this uh, test match? I'd probably bounce the crap out of him, to be honest. <laughs> um, he, he likes hooking the ball. There's going to be a little bit of bounce here. Um, he top edges. There's short boundaries um, down to to find leg for the left-hander at the at the wacker. So if he gets any part of the the edge on it, it's going to fly for six, but still still worth a, um, an effort from the Australian bowlers. But it's a big been, effort, 150 yes, tests, mate, and he's it's, only 32. It's phenomenal. What he's done for English cricket has been outstanding, and they should be a better side. But I think what's happened with them, they've lost a lot of players of that 
top side ilk at the same time. And they've, yeah. while they've got four, four great players, um, the rest of the side, Moen Ali, um, he, he can pass. He's a good test player. They've got six players that are finding their way. Bearstow is slowly getting there, but he's not there yet. He's not so a bad player. He's yeah. not a bad player, but it, are they going to keep utilising that as that they keep a batsman or are they going to bat him in the top six and, and be a keeper? So there's got to be some mix, mix, mix ups in, in his head about where he is going forward. And that doesn't help the team. Hey, Merv, this is our guide to nightmare debut matches, okay? <laughs> now, I remember looking back. I, I read somewhere a, a Dr. Roy Park debuted for Australia in 1921 um, at Melbourne. He got bowled first ball, and his wife was knitting at the time, dropped her needles, looked up, and he was out. And it actually worked out. He was actually <laughs> seeing a patient that night, didn't uh, get another go. Ken Rutherford, you played yes. against Ken. He started his 1985 test career against the West Indies. Not good. Marshall Garner. And holding, and it reads like a, a phone number, 0040215, seven runs, uh, sorry, 12 runs in seven innings for him. What about this during the week, though? West Indian cricketer Sunil Ambrose, 24 years of age, become the first person in test history to be out hit wicket, first ball at their first test knock, right? He turned the ball from way yes, down the legs. and then jumped like, yeah. How bad's that? Yeah, but what my question there is, when he is given out, he is at the non-striker's end. So that, does that mean they've does crossed? Does he get a run? Well, does that mean it's crossed? Oh, uh. That's an interesting one. <laughs> so did, did, did the incoming batsman take strike there? Yes. Guess what happened in his second test match, though? Uh, second test match, Harry's handled out. the ball. Nah, hit wicket again. <laughs> hit wicket again. Two tests, two was out, hit wicket. Right. Yeah. Next one day game, guess what? Hit wicket. No, fractured arm. <laughs> fractured forearm. So he's going to miss the whole one day series. So when you, you work, the, our guide oh. to nightmare uh, starts the international career. No. Well, Mark, Mark Taylor would have to be in there. That would pretty he, much have that. Didn't he get run out twice in his first yeah. test match? Yep. That's what a nightmare. What was your first test lot? Um, I only batted once. Okay. I only made one duck. And, and what about bowling? Um, one for 120, one for 123 of 37 overs. Which people may say that's not really good, but it was a lot better than Warney's in his first test match, which was one for 172, Flem. And look what he did. Yeah, bad luck. Yeah. Bad luck. Hey, Swerve, thanks a lot for joining us on the Bowlology no Report. No worries at all. I, I, now, I'm struggling. Christmas, want to buy the dad something. Have you got anything? Oh, anything. Do I get bagged for self-promoting if I self-promote? There's, oh, there's a barbecue. Flame, there's a barbecue yeah, cookbook. Yeah, I'm a barbecue cooker. There's yeah. a there's a barbecue cookbook on the market. Uh, it's called Barbecue Beer and BS, which is in fact beef sausages, food to bowl you over. Oh my god! Oh, and I'll tell you what, best summed up in three words: ideal Christmas present. Yeah, and did what Mike Whitney have much? I didn't know he was into his food that much. It's, no. I'm surprised he'd release a book like no, that's that. That's not Mike Whitney. Who is it? No, come on, self-promoter. That's three votes. I'm not, three I'm not votes self- for self-promotion. I'm, so, I'm not self-promoting Mike Whitney. Well, the Aussies, will Nathan Lyon be singing the song by about day four to wrap up this Ashes series? Uh, not convinced. I think it's going to be a pretty flat wicket. Um, although our, our bowlers are in pretty good form. But it's it's going to be a bit of a run fest for mine. Okay. Thanks, Swervin Hughes. That's the Bowlology Report. Take us out, champion. bye bye
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 